Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Well, this week has not disappointed at all. A lot of housing data to get to here on this Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And like I said, we got a lot of housing data to get to as well as a little consumer data to get to, but mostly housing data. And that's where we're going to be starting because first up, it is. It's like when we, you know, February is a weird month. It's very short, and so you know, usually you have, you know, four full weeks of a month, and um, with February things get a little complicated, and so you got a lot of data uh, coming out this week, uh, and of course, the big report was the Case Shiller Index, the gold standard when it comes to home prices, and it showed probably not surprising to a lot of people out there, that home price growth is slowing faster than expected. I think every single report that we've gotten for the last six months has shown home price growth slowing faster than expected. So this is looking at the final month of the year. That's December, in case you forgot it was December, uh, December 2022. And it showed that the S&P, CoreLogic, Case-Shiller, U.S. National Home Price, NSA Index had home prices up 5.8% year over year. That was down big. I mean, almost two full points from November when it was at 7.6%. And we are now at the lowest level since October 2020. So 5.8% year-over-year home prices are still up. However, month-over-month is telling a very different story. Home prices fell for the sixth straight month to close out 2022. That means basically from June to December. Uh, Now, the month-over-month drop was 0.3%. That was the smallest decrease that we have seen since July. So pretty much like right when it started. This is the slowest um, or the or the smallest month over month drop that we have seen. So home prices are starting to kind of the price drops are starting to decelerate, which is kind of interesting that we're seeing a situation where you have home prices slowing faster than expected, but now they're falling slower than expected. <laughs> so it's just a very weird housing market. Uh, Now, the 20 city index was projected because for some reason, economists don't look at the the national number, the top line number. They look at the 20 city index and they projected that it was going to fall to 6%. Obviously, it did not. It actually fell to 4.6. So they were well off. uh, And this is well down from November when it was 6.8%. I mean, that's 2.2%. As we've talked about before, cities are really taking 
a whooping <laughs> versus you know the suburbs and, and more rural areas. Uh, the previous month, uh, or I should say it was a 0.5% drop from the previous month, six straight month of declines. However, don't tell Florida this because Florida is unaware of the current slowing housing market. I mean, sure, sure. Things are, are a little cooler than they were, but the top two cities in the country are both in the state of Florida, uh, Miami leading the way with 15.9% year over year price growth. Tampa took the number two spot at 13.9%. Atlanta was third with 10.4%. I think Charlotte, I believe Charlotte, I don't have this written down here. I believe Charlotte was at 9.9. So just missing double digits here in the great state of North Carolina. Uh, Prices did fall in all 20 cities in December with a median decline of 1.1%. So like I said, cities taking a bigger hit than other parts of the country. San Francisco, of course, taking the top spot among the losers with a 4.2% decline. And Seattle was the only other metro area with a negative number minus 1.8. That's uh, year over year. So they, San Francisco and Seattle have already gone negative. They've already gone negative year over year. Uh, but of course, the rest of the housing market, uh, 5.8% is the number. And in the 20 city index, 4.6. So I'm going to say that probably three months from now. So of course, it's it's March. We're just getting December data. So three months from now, we'll be getting March data. I have a feeling it's March is when we're going to see the first year over year negative number for like the first time since what, like 2010? It's like 13 years. It's been, it's been a while. Uh, Craig Lazara, managing director at S&P DJI, notes that home prices are almost down 5% from the peak, pointing out that they are now 4.4% below the peak that we saw in June. The 2022 as a whole, the national composite rose by 5.8% which is the 15th best performance in the 35-year history and well below the record-setting 18.9% that we saw in 2021. (laughs) So home prices are slowing faster than expected to end 2022. But here is where things get interesting. That's why I don't know if it's going to be February or March that we see the first year-over-year negative number because normally I'd say it might even be February, but here's what's crazy. So we got home prices slowing faster than expected. However, the start of 2023 has been anything but... I don't know where I was going with that. Anything but... <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's... We've seen the almost the exact opposite. That's what I was trying to say. It made sense in my head. It's the exact opposite of what we saw in December, where everything like hit a brick wall. And the start of this year, everything has sort of skyrocketed from you know mortgage demand. And I know, I know mortgage demand fell to a 28-year low, and we will be getting mortgage demand data today, and we'll be talking about it on Friday's show. So I get that. Remember, in January, it jumped up 
big jump in January. And then we just saw pretty much every single metric, whether it's, you know, construction spending, which we'll be getting today too. Uh, but we saw, you know, existing home sales, new home sales, just everything jumping. And we can add another report to that list. That would be pending home sales that came out on Monday and pending home sales skyrocketed to start 2023. <laughs> this according to the latest data from the National Association of Realtors, the pending home sales index jumped 8.1% to 82.5, still of course under that kind of 100 threshold, but that is up from the 2.5% increase that we saw in December and is the highest, or now the index is at the highest level since August. Now, despite this big jump pending transactions, year over year did fall by 24.1%. So they're still down big year over year. I mean, we can see that in the volume, but a big jump to start 2023. Economists thought we were gonna see a 1% increase. So only off by a factor of you know eight. Not so bad. Uh, and the West reported the biggest month over month jump up double digits, 10.1% to an index of 66.2. That, however, is still down 29% from the same time last year. And the South, after a big jump, they jumped 8.3%. They're on the cusp of 100, which is important. That's, you know, when homes are. Pending transactions are at 2001 levels, which is looked at a sort of a more normalized housing market. And right now the South's index is at 99.2. So, so close. And they're still down though, 24.7% year over year. The Midwest jumped 7.9% to 83.3. And the Northeast jumped 6% to 68.7. They're both down about 20% year over year. And Lawrence Young, chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, said in the release that this is really all about rates. I mean, it just makes sense. Uh, saying, quote, buyers responded to better affordability from falling mortgage rates in December and January. Home sales activity looks to be bottoming out in the first quarter of this year before incremental improvements will occur. And I mean, it just makes sense, right? When rates fall, and actually, you know, home prices are falling as well, especially depending on what market you're in. Homes become more affordable. More people, you know, a lot of people assume that, you know, pe that people aren't buying because they're like, oh, I want the rates to drop. And as I've said here on this podcast, I've said on any podcast that I've been on talking about this, especially the Town Bank Mortgage Podcast, most people buy because it makes sense for them to buy and they can afford it. And so, sure, having a lower rate is great, but when you're ready to move, you're ready to make that jump, you want to move a bigger house, you want to get your dream house, you know, you're looking for a starter home, you know, whatever it may be. You'd like a nicer rate, but that's not the deciding factor. It's only a deciding factor if it moves you to a point where you can't qualify. So all of a sudden, you know, your DTI is too high. Um, the monthly payments too high, you know, whatever it is, front end, back end ratio, I mean, whatever it is that's preventing you from buying the home, that's what a higher rate can do and, and a higher price. And so when you have a situation where home prices are dipping a little bit and home prices are falling, it opens the market up to more buyers. And that's essentially what Yun is saying is that 
you know, homes got more affordable, more people are able to buy. Unfortunately, February has not been a great time for rates. <laughs> and so February's numbers could be a little disappointing. But yeah, it just makes sense. Uh, when, when rates fall, along with home prices, more people can buy. So looking forward, the National Association of Realtors is predicting that the median existing home price will be stable compared to the previous year for most markets with the national median home price decreasing by 1.6% in 2023 to $380,100 before regaining positive traction of 3.1% increase to $391,800 in 2024. So they're predicting a little bit of a down year, but overall, or, and then by, but just a little bit, I mean, 1.6, it's not, it's not crazy. Uh, So I guess what they're thinking is that we're going to see a little dip and then kind of come back to end the year. And then that forward momentum is going to continue into 24. Yun notes that prices should remain stable going forward, saying home prices will be steady in most parts of the country with a minor change in the national median home price. And I mean, you're kind of already seeing it. The fact that Case Schiller has month over month home prices falling by the smallest amount since home prices started falling month over month shows that things are kind of stabilizing. And, you know, I mean, I mentioned moving earlier and there was a, there was a great piece over at Redfin on Monday looking at where people are moving and not surprisingly affordability. We just talked about that. People are wanting to move to places that are more affordable. And this is relative because Miami took the top spot. And if you talk, I was talking to a friend of mine recently about, you know, Miami and how just home prices have skyrocketed. I mean, we just talked about that, right? Miami's still 15.9% year over year. Well, the rest of the market's not even over six. So there is a lot of price appreciation happening in Miami, but it's relative because where are the people moving from who are moving to Miami? So Redfin found that a record one quarter or just about 24.9% of Redfin.com users Nationwide, we're looking to move to a different metro area in January. That was up from 24.5% in Q4 and up 22.8% from a year ago. And this is well up from pre-pandemic levels. Uh, It was at 18%. That's a 40% increase from 18% to about 25%. And as I mentioned, Ken Griffin, Kenny G., of Citadel fame. Remember he famously moved to Miami? <laughs> was he in Chicago or my or New York, wherever he was? He moves to Miami and there's like some drama down there where he's like trying to move some house. And I've only been watching Ken Griffin because, you know, all the Reddit people, all the meme stock people like hated him. I didn't really know who he was up until that point. I mean, I read a hedge fund book where they were talking about Ken Griffin. But up until like two years ago, I did not. I did not know anything about him. And so it's just funny, like all these stories on the internet about him. I mean, like the guy is just like crazy wealthy. I mean, Citadel outperformed every hedge fund, but like, what was it? Like six, seven times crazy money. And so he's like trying to move this house and I don't know. It's kind of funny, but it's happening in Miami. He moved his company to Miami and apparently this, he's not the only one. 
So the Florida city was the most popular migration destination in January, claiming the top spot for the first time since August with 7,200 net inflows to the city. So there are people moving out, but you got 7,200 more that are moving in. And as I mentioned, it's all relative. So Dana Anderson notes that quote, the typical Miami home home sold for 470,000 in January, which is higher than of course the, the median existing home price nationwide. So how can that be affordable? Well, the typical home in New York sold for 650,000. So if you're moving from New York or New Jersey or Connecticut or Chicago, you're like, oh, these prices are a lot better. <laughs> Sacramento took the number two spot with 6,200 net inflows, followed by Vegas, Phoenix, and Tampa. And the reason that San Francisco, or excuse me, Sacramento is seeing so many inflows is because of San Francisco, which once again led the top spot. And number two was Los Angeles. So Cali, everyone's like, get out of Cali. Well, they're leaving those spots, San Francisco and Los Angeles. A lot of them are going to Sacramento. San Francisco had 30,000, 30,200 net outflows. LA had 20,100 net outflows. That's over 50,000 net outflows for two cities, which is crazy because the top city for inflows, like I said, was Miami and they were like 7,200. So there's a big difference between the top state where people are, or area where people are leaving and the top place where people are going. Uh, New York took the third spot with just under 20,000 net outflows, followed by DC, just under 15,000. And Chicago, a little bit under 6,500. So, yeah, Florida, well, there's a reason why they're still seeing almost 16% year-over-year price growth for homes. People are moving there. <laughs> a lot of people are moving there uh, from pretty much every every single report. When you're looking at rents, home prices, whatever it be, whatever it is, you're just seeing prices skyrocket and this is why every it's like every month every quarter florida is where everyone is moving to and oh man poor san francisco poor san fran <laughs> i actually thought because i was typing up one of uh, my blog posts and i was thinking of the song you know if you're going to san francisco well i've just been so I've been so used to seeing all these headlines that are about people leaving San Francisco. I thought the song was called If You're Leaving San Francisco. <laughs> I was just so used to associating San Francisco with people leaving. No one's going to San Francisco. No one's putting flowers in their hair and, and going there. They're putting flowers in their hair and they're leaving. Uh, so mixed data for housing, I think would be the one way to put it. Uh, but there's you know, one reality for what's happening in February. I mentioned this is not a great month for rates. And there was a new report, Consumer Confidence. Everyone was expecting, economists were expecting a jump of the index to a 12-month high. So we hadn't seen this since last February. And not only did we not meet that high, it actually fell. So like double whammy. So you didn't even, not only did you not go up, you didn't reach the new high, 
you you didn't go up at all. You fell. Uh, month over month, the Conference Board Consumer Confidence Index fell to 102.9, down from 106 in January, and the lowest level since November. Consumer confidence is down 7.6 points from the same time last year, and not surprisingly, concerns about the future economy have pushed the index down. The expectations index fell to 697 from a downwardly revised 76 in January. So, I mean, big move there. Uh, the present situation index actually increased slightly to 152.8. And guess who's responsible for it? Yep, millennials. <laughs> always, always the scapegoat for the media. But no, apparently millennials, older millennials, and Gen Xers are to blame. So the senior director of economics at the conference board, Ataman Ozildrim, Ozzy Ildurum, Ozzy Ildurum, I think that's how I'm saying it correctly, said, quote, consumer confidence declined again in February. The decrease reflected large drops in confidence for households, households aged 35 to 54 and for households earning 35,000 or more. Um, Ozzy Ilderim noted that big ticket items are getting postponed, saying, quote, fewer consumers are planning to purchase homes or autos, and they also appear to be scaling back plans to buy major appliances and vacation intentions also declined in February. So what is that? What are, what are all those items? They're rate sensitive. A lot you, you finance big appliances sometimes, definitely homes, definitely cars. And so upward rate movement means people are like, eh, maybe we'll wait and get a new car. Maybe we'll wait to finance that car. So it was kind of a shock. Uh, I was expecting some good consumer data. And a lot of people have said it's, yeah. So it happens when you have a month where rates go up versus January, we saw rates fall and, and consumer confidence was was up, especially for big ticket items. There's no doubt about that. And of course, the reason why rates are going up is because people think that the Fed's gonna have to raise rates more uh, because inflation data is not great. So it's, you know, it's all interconnected. I mean, it's the reason people are feeling more negative, especially about the future economy, is that this inflation problem is not gonna be solved as quick as they think. You know, this data that we've seen, especially last week, PCE showing inflation, not only not slowing, um, actually increasing for the last month. Not good. And other reports, CPI showing slowing um, the drop in inflation. And so, you know, just it's, it's not good. And then we, of course, killer jobs reports. And it does suck. We're not gonna get the jobs report. So today's March 1st. Normally, you would get it on Friday. I mean, I've plenty of times I've seen like the second fall on a Friday and we get the jobs report and they're not getting it to us. So we're not going to get it until the 10th of March. I don't think I've ever seen a jobs report come out that late. So we got jobs. We got jobs week next week. But it's yeah, it's it is uh, people aren't feeling great. Hence the drop in consumer confidence. So, all right, we got to go. That's all the time that we have 
for the Wednesday edition of Markets and Mortgages. Uh, we will be talking mortgage demand. There's no doubt about that on the next show, as well as construction spending. And then I think that's really it. I think we got some jobless claims. Well, obviously, every, every week we get those. But other than that, Friday could be kind of a light show. So we'll, remember, I told you this week is very top heavy. It's a lot of data on Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, and then just kind of nothing happening for the rest of the week. But we'll, we'll make do. We'll find something to talk about. Don't worry. Do not worry. I will talk to you on Friday. You guys enjoy your Wednesday and Thursday. Oh, I will be doing a live show on Thursday. I did it on Tuesday. Kind of getting my bearings back, being live once again. It's different. I mean, I know I record this show live, but it's a little different. So I will be on Twitter, 8.30 for jobless claims. We'll be on there talking about the economic reports, probably from Wednesday too, maybe just touch on them briefly before talking about them in more detail on Friday. But you guys enjoy your Wednesday, enjoy your Thursday, and we'll talk to you when you want to listen again, <laughs> Thursday or Friday. <laughs> All right. And remember as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Thank you.